Tracy Sable tonight on EWTN News Nightly. War in Israel. Hundreds of thousands of citizens are fleeing the Gaza Strip as fighting is expected to intensify. Speaker of the House, how Jim Jordan is trying to gain support from members of his own party. Pastors of the church, why two Chinese bishops are set to leave the Synod on Synodality a couple of weeks early. And an open invitation. Pope Francis reminds the faithful the importance of listening to God. These stories and more tonight. From EWTN, the Global Catholic Network, this is EWTN News Nightly. Thank you for being with us on the Feast of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. We begin in the Middle East, where the world waits for Israel's ground invasion and watches as a humanitarian crisis unfolds in Gaza. Israeli missiles have reduced many parts of Gaza into rubble. While aid can't get in, foreigners can't get out of Gaza. There is a diplomatic push to move vital supplies across the border from Egypt, but there is no progress yet. Even President Joe Biden put his plans for today on hold in order to focus on the war in the Middle East. The president was scheduled to be in Colorado pushing Bidenomics and his investing in America agenda. But the war in the Middle East put those plans on hold. White House correspondent Owen Jensen reports. Owen. That's right, Tracy. Instead, today, President Joe Biden decided to stay put right here in Washington, D.C. to keep a close eye and stay focused on the war and its minute-by-minute developments. Meanwhile, his top diplomat, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, was back in Israel. As Israel prepares for a likely ground offensive into Gaza and fears escalate over the possibility of the war spreading, President Joe Biden hunkered down at the White House, which says this morning President Biden and Vice President Harris were briefed by their national security team on the latest updates in the wake of Hamas's abhorrent attack in Israel and the resulting conflict in Gaza. Meanwhile, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken renewing pledges of American support for Israel, returning to the country for the second time in less than a week. He met today with the Israeli defense minister. You have and always have the support of the United States. Secretary Blinken said Israel has a right and obligation to defend its people. And in Gaza, victims of airstrikes being treated at hospitals, which are facing collapse as water, power and medicine near depletion. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says the terrorist group Hamas is deliberately making the situation worse. They're actually trying to encourage uh, people to remain human shields. Another member of President Biden's cabinet also speaking out about the Hamas terror attack. I was horrified uh, by the atrocities that were committed against Israel. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says America has the resources to help on two fronts. America can certainly afford to stand with Israel and to support Israel's military needs. And we also can and must support Ukraine in its struggle against Russia. Also tonight, there's word that President Biden may emphasize may visit Israel in the coming days, but nothing official right now. We're told the president received an invitation from the Israeli prime minister. At the White House, Owen Jensen, EWTN News Nightly. The Latin Catholic Patriarch of Jerusalem is offering himself in exchange for child hostages held by Hamas. Cardinal Pierre Batista Pizzaballa says that he is willing to do anything to bring the children home, saying in part, quote, at this moment, the only gesture that can lead to rethinking this drift, this development, is to make whatever is possible to let those hostages go back home. Otherwise, it will be very difficult 
to stop these developments. At the current moment, the IDF Israel Defense Forces says there are 199 hostages in Gaza, and one of those is believed to be Rania Shell, a 19-year-old soldier who was serving at a base in Nahal Oz near Gaza during the attacks. Rania's family has not heard from her since last Saturday and are doing everything to get confirmation of her whereabouts. Uh, joining us now from Jerusalem is Elad Levy, Roni Eshel's uncle. Elad, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. I know this must be very difficult for you. Uh, first off, can you tell us a little bit about your niece and what went through your mind when you heard that she may be one of the hostages being held by Hamas? Roni is a 19-year-old uh, teenager. She's uh, basically your next-door, uh, very typical teenager, your next-door uh, neighbor. And um, she loves Taylor Swift, Harry Styles. Just a few weeks ago, she's been to the Maroon 5 concert with her sister and mother and cousins. You know, she's, uh, she laughs a lot. She's very funny, very fun to be around. A typical teenager girl, you know, very, that loves life. What we know that, you know, the last time we heard from her was uh, at 9.30 on Saturday. We saw all the attacks. We were also, you know, went to our shelters and went to our uh, safe rooms here where we live. There are a barrage of rockets uh, that we haven't seen. I've never seen something like it in terms of the, the quantity and the areas that it's been. And the last time that we heard from Ronnie was at 9.30, not 30 a.m., and have you received any confirmation yet as to where, you know, her whereabouts, any communication, proof of life video or pictures or anything like that? We couldn't uh, recognize her. We went to her parents on Sunday just after the, the October 7th, uh, Saturday, went to all the hospitals in Israel and we couldn't uh, find her as well. And we got a formal notice that she is missing we are under the belief that she is a hostage in Gaza, held by the Hamas terrorists. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, Roni was in Nahal Oz at the time of the attacks. Can you tell us a little bit more about why she was there and what she was doing during that time? At that time, she was in the communication center. That's what we understand, the communication room. And then what we believe and understand that this is where she sent the text uh, to her mother, she basically sent a very brief text and said, uh, Mom, don't worry, I'm okay. Her mother replied, I love you. And she said again, don't worry, I'm okay. I love you. Eli, what's your biggest concern right now when it comes to your niece? Well, that's a very difficult question to answer. I think, you know, the options that we're looking are, you know, unknown. I think we're concerned, where is she now? Is she hurt? If Hamas, uh, you know, holds her, you've seen these terrorists, what they're capable of. I'm sure you've seen all the videos, the cruelty, the, the brutality, the savageness. And so being held by this group of terrorists, it's uh, un unbearable thinking. Yeah. I know this is also probably really hard to put into words right now. Um, but is there any way that you can describe the feeling in Israel right now uh, with everything that's happening? How are people feeling? I think people, you know, every day goes by, people feel better. We're still under 
the impact of what happened uh, a week ago. It was, a, you know, it's a major blow. We can't sugarcoat it. Uh, you know, 1,300 people are uh, believed to be dead right now. It touches every family. I, I heard that a good friend of mine from high school uh, was confirmed dead. Another friend of mine, his son, was confirmed dead. So it touches everybody. At the same time, you know, we're resilient people. We are, you know, very strong. The spirit is high with that respect. And for the coming days, we're ready for everything. We trust our, our troops. We trust our uh, military, our army to, to finish and to do the job. Elad, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. We're praying for you and your family and for everyone over there right now. God bless. God bless. Thank you very much. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and members of a bipartisan congressional delegation were forced into a bomb shelter over the weekend during a visit to Tel Aviv. We were, were having lunch at our hotel when the sirens went off, meaning rockets were only seven to nine minutes away, rockets fired by Hamas. We all rushed into a shelter and waited with bated breath until they told us the coast was clear. For us, the danger was momentary, thank God. But it's harrowing to think that Israelis are going through this and much greater horrors every single day. Other New York Democrats spoke about the experience on the Senate floor right there. He also was with Senators Bill Cassidy, Jackie Rosen, Mark Kelly and Mitt Romney, who visited Israeli leaders and families impacted by the ongoing violence between Israel and the terrorist group Hamas. Well, it has been 13 days since Congressman Kevin McCarthy was ousted as Speaker of the House, and it could be a while before there's a new one. The GOP conference nominated Congressman Jim Jordan, but he may not have enough support in his own party to win. Let's check in with Capitol Hill correspondent Eric Rosales with the very latest. Eric. Good evening, Tracy. Congressman Jim Jordan has scheduled a full House vote tomorrow sometime around noon, but that still doesn't mean that he has enough votes to win the gavel. What it does mean is it'll give him a better idea of who's in his corner and who's not. But my sources are telling me that dozens of Republicans still don't want him as speaker. Initially, there were 81 votes against Jim Jordan. And then about 30 minutes later, there were only 55 votes against Jim Jordan. So on that trajectory, he seems to be gaining a good amount of momentum. But is it enough momentum? On the floor, Congressman Jim Jordan can afford to lose only four House Republicans if every member votes. Congressman Dan Crenshaw says he supports Jordan, but warns that aggressive tactics may backfire. What I would really recommend to Jordan's allies, too, is, is a lot of them have mounted this this, this high-pressure campaign. They're going to they're gonna whip up Twitter against the people who are against Jordan. That is the dumbest way to support Jordan. Just this morning, Congressman Jordan won over a key endorsement. Armed Services Chairman Mike Rogers of Alabama was a no vote. But Congressman Steny Hoyer, a former majority leader, tells me this will be another failed attempt to elect a speaker. The Republicans are caught in this cycle of reaching to their extremist. Over and over and over again, they reach to their extremists as if that's going to solve the problem. The minority leader agrees. The chairman of the Chaos Caucus, a defender in a dangerous way of dysfunction, and an extremist extraordinaire. Other Republicans tell me it's time to listen to the vast majority of GOP lawmakers. We want to work our small, thin majority very effectively. And it's a small 4% of our conference now that have disrupted the conference. And we, we need to pull together, and many of us are committed to pulling together 
So the key test for Congressman Jordan will come tomorrow. Former Speaker Kevin McCarthy says that he feels, quote, very good about where Jordan is at. Meanwhile, the Senate is moving forward on a bipartisan bill to give more aid to Israel. But without a House Speaker, until that measure actually gets into the House, it will never pass. At the Capitol, Eric Rosales, EWTN. News nightly. On new developments tonight, Ian, one of the legal cases against former President Donald Trump, he says he plans to appeal a narrow gag order imposed on him by a judge in Washington, D.C. The order bars the Republican frontrunner from making statements targeting prosecutors, possible witnesses, and the judge's staff. The federal case accuses Trump of illegally conspiring to overturn his 2020 election loss. It is the second gag order imposed on him in the past month. Oh, we have a lot more still to come here on EWTN News Nightly, including questions for the Holy See. Israel reacts to the Vatican statement regarding the war in the Middle East and the latest military developments as Israeli troops push into the Gaza Strip. Officials in Israel are asking the Vatican to issue a more clear condemnation of Hamas. Since the terror attack earlier this month, the Holy See has called for peace in the region. It has also condemned violence against civilians on both sides. Israel says the language against the terror group should be stronger and more clear. More than one million people have fled their homes in Gaza ahead of an expected ground invasion by Israel. Israeli forces have positioned themselves along Gaza's border in an attempt to dismantle Hamas. A week of airstrikes have already demolished neighborhoods, yet militant rocket fire continues. This as the terror group holds several hundred people hostage. And here with us now is John Elliott, managing partner at Brighton Strategy Group and former chief spokesman for the National Security Council. John, great to be with you again. Um, as you know, and as mentioned, Israel is poised for its ground invasion into Gaza with Israeli defense minister saying today this will be a long war and the price will be high. John, how do you see this playing out? Well, this is very different, Tracy, for, from what we've had earlier with there have been about three or four different major conflicts with Hamas and, and Israel. This one was precipitated by the real massacre of 1,400 Israelis something that's never been seen before. It was really like, for example, us having way more people than, or having the U.S. have way more people than died in 9-11. So, I mean, it was their 9-11, or some people said it's their Pearl Harbor. So that's the precipitating instant. So right now there's just absolute unanimity in the Israeli populace, all sides of all both parties, or all parties, rather, they have a multi-party system, uh, to really finish the job, if you will, with Hamas by not just having a few airstrikes and that be it. So right now you're going to have a little bit of a tension as the Israelis mount their offensive. It's a lot of a lot of tension between the international community that's going to talk about tamping this down and the will of the Israeli people, backed hopefully by a lot of people in the international community to say, look, this is way over the pale what has been done to the Israeli citizens, beheadings, bringing hostages, close to 200 hostages into the Gaza Strip. And so this is something where you're going to have that tension between some in the international community pressuring Israel to halt their offensive and Israel wanting to finish the job against Hamas. Yeah, John, I want to talk about that, those hostages that are being held by Hamas. I mean, how does that factor into this offensive? What do they need to do? Well, look, there's close to the estimates are 199 hostages, according to the Israelis, 
And so right now, once again, the Hamas, they fight very dirty. They will go and behead, like they did here, over a thousand Israelis in their homes, children, women, et cetera, bring those hostages back. And then they'll hide behind not only those hostages, but also their own populace by telling their own populace in the northern part of the Gaza Strip not to evacuate to the south that the Israelis have warned them to do. So what's going to happen here is their Hamas is going to try to use these hostages like human shields. And there's, there's up to 29 Americans that are held there. There's a little bit uh, of a different uh, number count. But right now you have Americans among those hostages. And so maximum pressure needs to be put on Hamas. Right now, for example, there's a lot of pressure that Hamas and the Palestinians are putting on to open the South and, and have a humanitarian corridor. Well, the world community needs to tell these guys, look, uh, you have hostages that, that you need to give up right away before you became, become people who can demand anything at this stage uh, in the early part of this conflict. Yeah, and there's a lot of concern about um, the humanitarian effort there, too. Uh, CNN reported just a short time ago, I believe, that five U.S. trucks did enter Gaza, um, but for the most part, the humanitarian aid, it's really stuck at the Gaza-Egypt border um, with things like, you know, vital supplies and clean water dwindling. Uh, the U.N. Secretary General warns that the Middle East uh, is on the verge of an abyss. John, I want to get your thoughts on that. And is there any way in an instance like this, you know, to prevent a civilian catastrophe? Well, you talk about a civilian catastrophe. You have very, the electricity and water was shut off for a while. There have been reports that some have been put back on in Gaza. But once again, this is something that we have to take a step back and say this is a humanitarian crisis that's wholly of Hamas is making. They, out of nowhere, there was no problem before. And they, they had this very brutal, just barbaric attack on the on the Israelis. And so now, in terms of solving that humanitarian crisis in the South and letting some humanitarian aid come in, that is something that is dependent on the security situation. There's a lot of finger pointing. Hamas and Israel, bottom line, have not been able to agree to a security situation in southern Gaza that, that Egypt is comfortable with sending those trucks over the border. So right now there's an impasse, but it could shift. As you say, there's a few trucks that have been allowed. The main thing is that U.S. citizens are going to be the priority in getting out of Gaza to the south there. So we can only hope for the best, but I think it'll be a shifting situation over the next 24, 36 hours, and we can only hope for the and, and put pressure on both sides to allow that humanitarian aid to come to come into Gaza. Yeah, John, uh, so much more we can talk about. Unfortunately, we have to leave it right there. Great to see you. Thanks so much for weighing in. Thank you, Tracy. Appreciate it. The Justice Department has opened a federal hate crime investigation into the fatal stabbing of a six-year-old Palestinian-American boy. 71-year-old Joseph Suba is accused of killing Wadia Al-Fayoum and seriously wounding his mother in Plainfield, Illinois. Police believe the landlord targeted the pair in response to the Israel-Hamas war. A funeral was held for the young boy earlier today at a mosque in suburban Chicago. The killing was condemned by President Biden, saying, as Americans, we must come together and reject Islamophobia, all forms of bigotry and hatred. I have said repeatedly that I will not be silent in the face of hate. We must be unequivocal. There is no place in America for hate against anyone. Up next on EWTN News Nightly, hanging in the balance. The latest on high-stakes election in the majority Catholic country of Poland. Plus, how Pope Francis is honoring the little flower.
A Poland is awaiting the final results of its high-stakes election from yesterday. Officials say voter turnout was the highest in 34 years. Opposition parties appear to have gained an edge over the ruling conservative pro-life party. Abortion was one of the major issues leading up to the election. Official numbers are expected tomorrow. Well, two bishops from mainland China are leaving the synod on synodality early. They'll be returning to China soon without completing the syn synod process. Vatican spokesman Paolo Ruffini says their departure is due to pastoral needs in their diocese. So Pope Francis asked the faithful not to forget Armenian Christians in the disputed Nagorno during his Sunday address at the Vatican, the Holy Father made a special appeal. He is asking for help regarding the humanitarian needs in the region. He is also seeking protection for monasteries and places of worship there. Nearly all of the ethnic Christians in the region fled to Armenia. Pope Francis has written a new apostolic letter dedicated to St. Therese of Bambino. In remarks yesterday at the Vatican, the Holy Father said the example of the little flower reminds all of us of God's infinite mercy. He also says that St. Therese lived her encounter with Christ by being open and helpful to those around her. She died at age 24 and was proclaimed a saint in 1925 and patroness of the missions two years later. Finally tonight, Pope Francis reminds the faithful that God does not give up in his continuous invitation to us. Basta. Le guerre sono sempre una sconfitta. Sempre. At a Sunday address at the Vatican, the Holy Father underlined the importance of listening to God. Pope Francis adds that we are never forced to listen, but the invitation is open until God finds those who will accept him, and those who do are saved from loneliness and evil. And we thank you for watching tonight. Remember, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, X, and Instagram at EWTN News Nightly. I'm Tracy Sable. Good night, and God bless.